0: Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome sports fans, this is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton, that's right, we are Wagering Week. Facebook and Twitter, that's how you get in touch with us. It is Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S-G-N, 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Any of our fine syndicated affiliates, that's where you can listen to us. And it is tournament day. It's bracket week. Oh, man, I am absolutely pumped up. Look, it's going to be 99.9% of the tournaments. Maybe we'll get into a little uh, greatest of all time coming back. Sure, we could touch on Tom Brady a little bit. But generally speaking, guys, this is the tournament show. And I don't even call it the bracket show. Because we look at things differently. So I'm going to go through my brackets, right? I'm going to go through the first round, some stats, some trends, some numbers, all that I do like um, within the tournament itself. And along the way, I'm also going to give some numbers, right? Who I think can advance, what points I like, what underdogs I like, what favorites I think will go out there and cover. I'll also give you some totals. So basically this is the bracket show, but I'm not only looking at it from a bracket standpoint. You know, The rest of the world is going to go, well, this team can advance and this team can't. I'm looking at points, man. I want points. Last year, I came out. I gave you guys Oral Roberts on the money line in the first two games. Oral Roberts made us a ton of money. I didn't care if Oral Roberts kept winning, right? I mean, I didn't care if you didn't like him in your bracket, you didn't advance him. Look, we made money. I had them advancing in the bracket, but you made some money. Just for an example, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to go over a lot of that today. Now, look. I do have some interesting stats for you, some interesting numbers for you that I do want to kind of touch on here. Um, As far as the selection committee goes, I think people get a little crazy about the selection. Who was left off, who was not, who should have gotten in. You know, the, the real idea of this is, you know, did they get it right? Did they get the draws right? Most of the draws are basically Right on target. All the number ones this year. I think Baylor is a weak number one. But all the number ones are pretty much where you expect the number ones to be. That's perfectly fine. The big argument, Tennessee should not be a three seed. Absolutely should not. I think they got a bad draw. I think they got a bad seed. Um, I think Duke was a favorable number two for not even winning the ACC tournament. I, I think that we are seeing a flaw in the system. They basically have told us, and we've seen a lot of reports go out there, that they basically told us that Saturday and Sunday, they don't matter. The Tennessee-Kentucky game did not matter this weekend. The Duke-Virginia Tech game did not matter this weekend. So, you know, I think it's a flawed system, uh, but overall, it's nitpicking. Look, Tennessee got a bad draw. Uh, I don't like where Vermont landed. I actually think Yale is a little overshot, Um You know, you look up and down, I think Duke is a little overshot. They got a favorable matchup. They got a favorable draw. You look at who should have been in the tournament. Look, metrics-wise, Rutgers is literally the worst team in the history of college basketball to make the NCAA tournament. (laughs) I mean, they really are. They literally are. The worst. So could I put an SMU in there, for example? Yeah, I definitely could have. You know, I, There are teams that you could nitpick and teams you could kind of go down and teams you could kind of argue. Um, but overall, look, I think the tournament and the brackets generally got it right. A spot here or there. And Tennessee, yeah, you have a complaint. And you have a couple of teams with some complaints. I think Miami is overshot. I think that the team that they're playing in USC is overshot. But not by much. I mean, we are nitpicking. Uh, I don't like, you know, the draws that these teams had. I don't like the fact that, you know, a Tennessee might have to go through Villanova before going through Arizona. It didn't really necessarily matter the three to me. It mattered the fact that they put them in in that, you know, bracket. That's a bother. So that's something to pay attention to. Also, when you're talking about metrics and you're talking about numbers, you know, I had Rocco Miller on uh, the weekend show, Want to Bet Weekend Edition this week. He's from Bracketeer.org. And we talked about this, and he put this out. Don't only look at what people are just throwing out at you because sometimes the metrics are wrong. They just are wrong, right? And I'll give you an example of that as Rocco gave us an example of this. New Mexico State and South Dakota State both played Washington State In Wazoo, in Spokane, Washington, okay? So, New Mexico State and uh, South Dakota State both played in Spokane, both played that. New Mexico State was awarded a true road game. South Dakota State, it said it was a neutral site. (laughs) Right? So, you know, sometimes metrics are wrong. If you look into South Dakota State and you go, oh, well, you know, they didn't really play a a true road game. No, actually, they did. As much as New Mexico State did, but somehow or another, South Dakota State got a lesser draw than New Mexico State. One's a 12, one's a 13. Maybe that's the reason why. So, things to consider. Things to also consider. I know that the Big Ten right now is the conference that everybody's looking at. I keep saying the SEC is the best, but the conference that everyone's looking at is the Big Ten. The Big Ten has not won a national championship since 2000. That, that's before 2000. The ACC has 10 national championships. Since then, so when you're filling out your brackets and you're putting teams like Purdue that I I liked, okay, and you're putting teams like Iowa and Illinois and all these teams to move on, know that history is against you. The Big Ten is a good conference. The Big Ten beats itself up, uh, but the Big Ten seems to not be able to kind of get it done and finish it off. They haven't won a title since 2000. Things to consider. More things to consider on the betting side of things. You know, the American Gaming Association put out these numbers, and I think they undershot it here. They're saying 17% of American adults plan to wager about $3.1 billion on the tournament. I think that's way undercutting it, way undercutting it. Yeah, I don't think you're talking to uh, Kathy in the the bottom cubicle, you know, who's going to inevitably win the entire league, but I don't think you're you're talking to her, and she's not really talking about wagering, even though she's going to throw 20 bucks on this thing. I don't think so. I think 17% is low. But at the 17% number at $3.1 billion, even that is kind of eye-opening, right? I mean, people are, are shocked and, wow, that is a crazy number. Yeah, it, it certainly can be uh, to those that, that don't really know. So I wanted to kind of throw that out at there. Um, I went over the percentages last week and the numbers and who do you look at in the first round, second round. Well, now we have the teams, okay? And I'm not going to concentrate on the Play-in games. Rutgers Notre Dame. Not going to really concentrate on it more than saying that you know Rutgers ended the season pretty poorly. Uh, Notre Dame ended the season winning eight of eleven. Notre Dame's offense is fantastic. Rutgers that vaunted defense. They lost four of the last six. They give up eighty-four points in two of those four games. Now they're against very good offenses, but it shows you about Rutgers. You know the play-in games that you have where you're talking about you know Bryant against Wright State. Bryant at, at a Tremendous run of wins in a row. I I lean Bryant in that game, but it doesn't really matter because they're going to be lambs to the slaughter to whoever wants to go take on Arizona. They're going to get squashed. Wyoming, Indiana. How could you not be impressed with what Indiana has done, right? Indiana, over the last six games, uh, they have been fantastic. And the games they lost, they lost three-point game to Iowa, another three-point game, another one-point game. I mean, they are playing within a basket or winning games. Went to Illinois in one, went to Michigan in one. I think Indiana's more battle-tested. Wyoming looked bad at the end of the year. Bad in a bad conference. So I think Indiana should be the favored by four, and that's what they are, favored by four points. Playing games are always a little a little dicey. And you got the Islanders, uh, Texas Southern. Texas Southern's probably the better team, but the Islanders do have an offense that you kind of look at and you go, oh, that could be dangerous. Once again, though, um, two 16 seeds going to the Lambs of the Slaughter to Kansas. I'm not really making a big deal about them. But wanted to kind of touch on them. I don't think I'm making a bet on any of the playing games. If I had to, Notre Dame makes sense. Maybe a lean to the over. If I had to, I'll take Bryant in their streak. If I had to, probably Texas Southern's the better team. Although I kind of want a roof of the Islanders. Texas Southern makes makes a lot of sense. And if I had to, I'll take Indiana minus the four. Yeah, if I had to but I don't think I'm making a bet on any of those. And that's one of the things that you have to know about the brackets. That's one of the things that you really have to pay attention to when you are talking about bracket talk and you're talking about uh, you know who you see moving forward. Look, you're going to get inundated here Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with just a slew of games, 16 games, 16 games, all day long, two, three games playing at the same time. And inevitably, you're going to have guys that are going to sit in a bar or a sports book or wherever they're at, at your cubicle, looking at the games, and you're going to almost want to buy in. You know, I always say the worst thing to do early on is to win early on because you go, all right, you know, I'll throw 100 bucks on that first game. Oh, now, Now I'll throw 200 on the second game. Well, I don't really like the three o'clock game. But... So just pick two or three games a day and don't overload yourself. I know people want to go out there. They want to throw it all down on everybody or they do the crazy money line parlays. Oh, we're going to do one nutso money line parlay. Now I'm going to do an 18. 18- no, no, no. Have a little self-control here, guys, because it really is necessary to maximize your, your profit, maximize your payment. If you're just picking one or two, two or three games a day, and just roll with them. you know, Don't sit back and look at that 9.40, 10 o'clock game going off, whether you had a good day or bad day, and chase. Good, chase, bad. No, no, don't, do not do that. Have your plan and stick to your plan. A lot of games Friday, a lot of games Saturday, a lot of games Sunday. And how many times I've sat in a sports book, by the way, I'll be in Atlantic City, Uh, live this weekend. So, you know how many times I've sat in a sports book during this (laughs) tournament, and by the end of Thursday, people are like, oh, might as well just go home. I lost all my money. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. So, all right, let's, with further delay here, let's go into the West. I look at the brackets, you know, look, I I read left to right. I read top to bottom. So, I start with the West. When you open up your brackets, it's on the left, on the upper left. We'll start at the top. Gonzaga against Georgia State. Look, Georgia State's a good team. I actually... Don't think that the committee gave them any credit for what they really can do and who they are. They had a lot of injuries. They had a lot of delays over the course of the season. I thought Georgia State, if they wound up getting a 15 seed, playing maybe a Duke, I would have taken Georgia State plus the points all day and maybe a slight upset. They defend well under the basket. They post up well. They can run ball screens. They play pressure D. Uh, but Gonzaga is too much of a beast here. You know, you cannot put them through. As far as the spread goes, I'm kind of leaning Georgia State plus the 20 plus points. It's the biggest early spread on the board. I think it's up to 23 and a half in some spots. That might get to 25 by the tip off. And I, I'm kind of liking Georgia State. Now I think Gonzaga is a beast early on. I think they move on, but Georgia State plus the points makes a lot of sense. Memphis, Boise State. Tale of two teams and how you feel about them. Uh, Memphis has a lot of talent. They look good at the end of the year. Couldn't quite get by Houston, but they did look good at the end of the year. Boise State's coming from a conference where they've looked good all year long, but I'm down on the Mountain West. I think Memphis is the better team. I'll put the nines through. And we talked about it last week. Nines and eights basically win about 50% of the time. But when a nine goes through, they win about 8% of the time against the number one. So I have Gonzaga continuing to move on through the weekend. UConn, New Mexico State. I've watched... People in this business tell me that UConn can literally go to an Elite Eight. I-, I saw somebody put them in the Final Four, a big name in this business. I don't see it. I think New Mexico State can knock them off. I mean, that's how confident I am about New Mexico State. I don't like what I see in UConn. I, I don't love their-, their team dynamic. I don't like what they do with the ball. There. They don't control it well. New Mexico State, obviously from a lesser conference, but this is a classic 5-12 where I'm kind of leaning the 12. Vermont at 13 gets Arkansas. If Vermont would have gotten anybody else at 13, if they would have been playing Illinois, I'd feel great. UCLA, I'd feel pretty good. You know, Providence, I'd be all over them. They get Arkansas. Arkansas is a really, really good and a dangerous team. But I still got to like Vermont. Look, when he's healthy, and he is right now, Ryan Davis is about the best player on the court in the country. He's a top 10 player in the country. I mean, he's going to be the best player on an Arkansas team. Yeah, he, he is. Vermont also shoots about 60% from two-point range. That's fantastic. They take care of the ball. They can play offense and score 80 points, which they've done pretty much throughout their entire tournament. And they can play defense and make people look silly. Uh, UMBC in the tournament championship game was barely lucky to get to like 40 points. I mean, it was a nightmare for them. Arkansas is playing really good. And they come from the best conference in America, no doubt. This line is five, and I think it's a short line. Look, here's the problem that I have with this. I like Vermont plus the five points. I like Vermont... On the money line, I have been right on Vermont more than any other team this year. I'm 10-2 in Vermont games this year. I bet them a lot. I bet their totals a lot. I like Vermont. I feel good. The thing about Vermont, but I know how good Arkansas can be. Arkansas is a team that if they got hot and if they were playing where they were playing about two weeks ago, and that's how, how good Arkansas was, you can make a serious conversation with me and, and I'm going to go, you know, I'm listening to a good talk about the fact that, yeah, maybe this Arkansas Razorback team can knock off Gonzaga and go to the Final Four. Yet, I'm looking at them in the first round and saying, they might be out in the first round. They might be out here. Look, they were playing just absolutely fantastic basketball. They, I mean, they really were rolling right along. At the end of the year, they lost to Tennessee. At the end of the year, they lost to Texas A&M. I didn't love the way that they won, but I love the way they looked against LSU, and that was in back-to-back games. They won by one, one by eight um, you did beat Kentucky again at home. This is a team that they do. They have all the metrics to say that they should roll Vermont. I just sort of lean Vermont here, plus the point. So I got Vermont moving on. But again, I could see Arkansas being that team. This is a weird, weird, weird matchup between the four and 13. Alabama, sort of the same thing. We don't know if they're going to play Rutgers or Notre Dame while I'm, I'm going on and talking about it, but I don't think it really matters here. Alabama destroys Rutgers, destroys Notre Dame. They get by in the first round. Alabama is another team. If Alabama was playing at Alabama's elite state that I watched them play this year, they're the best team in the country. Alabama, at times, has looked like the best team in the country. And Alabama can turn it on as the best team in the country. NATO has this team playing that way. But... I don't like what I've seen recently. They finished the year losing three in a row, four of six. Okay? Their only wins were two point one at Vanderbilt and you know they destroyed South Carolina. Who doesn't? But they went out there. They allowed eighty to Vanderbilt at the end of the year. So they struggled with Vanderbilt twice. They allowed eighty at home to them. They allowed eighty against LSU, eighty seven Texas A and M. They allowed ninety to Kentucky over the stretch of, of losses. It's just not a good situation when you don't have an offense that can keep up with the 80 but but your defense is is just garbage. I mean your defense is terrible. Alabama's defense is terrible. So Notre Dame, listen, if that is, if this is Alabama, Notre Dame, you might as well set that total at like 160. Texas Tech, Montana State. I like Montana State. And I know that Texas Tech is kind of the flavor of the week right now. Everybody seems to be on Texas Tech. They really like the way that they're playing. Texas Tech is a team, you almost put them through in your bracket just because, you know, you blindly put them through. But they have lost three of the last six games. Their wins against Kansas State is not a tournament team. Oklahoma was not a tournament team by one. They did bludgeon Iowa State at home. But Kansas handled them pretty well. Um, Oklahoma State beat them. TCU beat them. They were in a close game in a lot of these games. Their their defense is their calling card. We know that. Um, And when you look at... You know what this team can and can't do. They're not going to outscore you, but do they have to against Montana State? And Montana State, I don't want to call them a live dog here because I think that Montana State had a good year but not a great year. 27-7 and in the big sky is a solid year. Um, they lost to Montana, at Montana, lost to Eastern Washington, at Eastern Washington, both lost that. Both of those games by a combined nine points. So basically, they just cleaned up. I mean, they didn't lose another conference game. I mean, they, they absolutely cleaned up. Again, and they're two good teams in that conference. But when they went outside a conference, they went to New Mexico. You know what? They lost by three. They went to South Dakota State. They got beat pretty badly. They let, they let up 90 there. At Colorado, they let up 90 there. I think it's a draw that Montana State can win. Because Texas Tech, if they had an offensive team, I'd say Montana State's going down. Texas Tech does struggle to score at times. Could be an interesting one. Michigan State, Davidson. Well, the lines makers are telling you that this is not as easy as everybody assumes that it will be. Because I see a lot of people pushing Michigan State, not only through here, but also through the next round against Duke. I see a lot of people having Michigan State in the Sweet 16. Tom Izzo in March starts to come up. Everybody loves that conversation. Well, Davidson is a 1.0. point underdog here when you're talking about the spread. Everybody knows how dangerous Davidson is, and Davidson is very, very dangerous. This is a team, guys, that, again, it's a lower conference team, but they did win 27 games in the lower conference, okay? Um, they struggled against Dayton, and they struggled against Richmond late. That Richmond game, if you watched it, they they, they should have won that game. I mean, they had they were in control the entire time. This is a team that also went to Alabama this year and won on the road against Alabama. Let's not forget that. They went to Penn. I know that Penn's not a great team. But Penn was was a very good team for a lot of the Went to Penn. They went to San Francisco and lost by five against San Fran. They beat up Delaware. Delaware's a tournament team by 22 to open the year. So this is a game where I think the lines makers get it right. I think it's a coin flip game. And then you get Duke against Cal State Fullerton. All I told myself was that I'm betting against Duke in the first round. I love it. I'm blindly betting against Duke. I think they're uh, way overrated. They're way over slotted. Oh, my goodness. And then they get Cal State Fulton. And I think that Duke wins by like 30. Look, Fullerton is 229th in division one from three point range. They can't hit an outside shot for the life. Okay. Ken Palm has them at 149. Their adjusted offense is 144. Their defense was 164. They're 300th in the country in assist. 264th in the country in rebounding. Uh, they are miserable from the outside. Now, I'll give them a little credit. Against UC Davis and Long Beach State, the last two games, they went twenty-six of fifty-one from three-point range. But before that, the four games before that, sixteen of sixty-two, and on the year 171 of 518. I would love to go against Duke because I think they're frauds. I think that they should not be a number two seed. I think that they crumbled and crashed when it mattered most. I think that a lot of the uh emotion really did get to them. It got to them in the last game against Coach K, before Coach K at home. It got to them against Virginia Tech in the ACC championship game. And I wanted to go against Duke, but the way that the things fall, I think there's going to be a lot of people probably betting against Duke because of the same things that I just said. Fullerton is a train wreck, though. I'd be stunned if Fullerton doesn't. not Look, not only loses, I think they're going to get their doors blown off. Now, Duke in the next round. Against Michigan State, I kind of like Michigan State. Duke in the next round against Davidson, ha, I'm taking Davidson. So I don't see Duke lasting long, and I'm still on the you know bandwagon of Duke is a little overrated. But in round one, Fullerton's just a disaster, and Fullerton should have been a 16. Fullerton should be a 16. Georgia State should have been a 15. I'd be taking Georgia State money line in this spot um, instead of watching them just go out there and lose to Gonzaga. All right, let's take a quick timeout. Come on back. When we get back, we'll do the West, the South, the Midwest, and the East. We'll keep talking about the brackets, all that and more, right after this, right here on Wagering Week. And now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I bet you twenty bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're after. Right. What are the odds? what are the odds while we're talking about the NCAA tournament we have to talk about the final four this coming from FanDuel odds to make the final four Gonzaga is minus 140 Arizona plus 145 Kansas another one seed plus 175 Kentucky who's not a one seed plus 240 Baylor is plus one 240 as a one seed as well Auburn plus 260 Villanova plus 390 Iowa plus 390, Duke plus 460, Texas Tech plus 550, Purdue plus 550, Houston 6 to 1, Tennessee is 6 to 1, UCLA is 6.5 to 1. All other teams are listed about 10.5 or higher to 1. And that is what are the odds? Yeah, look, I, I mean, this will tell you the sports betting world doesn't necessarily agree with the uh, with the slotting, right? I mean, our, Gonzaga, Arizona, sure, even Kansas, Gonzaga, Arizona, Kansas, 1, 2, 3. Um, they think that Baylor as a one seed has the same exact number as Kentucky as a two seed. Um, Auburn as a two seed is right there. Nova plus 390 is the same as Iowa, who's a five seed. So Villanova as a two seed has the same number as Iowa as a five seed. Iowa as a five seed has a higher number betting-wise than Duke as a two seed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Texas Tech and Purdue balls three seeds. You know Houston is up there. People like that. Tennessee a three seed is six to one. UCLA is a four seed at six and a half to one. So uh, that is uh, some interesting stuff. And we all often see that with sports betting, right? I mean, that uh, we sports bettors don't agree with the brackets. <laughs> we know that sports betters do, don't agree with not only the brackets or you know the preseason rankings and things like that. All right, let's get back into the brackets. We're going to move to the right side of the bracket, which is the South. Arizona against whatever sacrificial lamb you want to throw up against there. Arizona's the one seed. They should roll. I, I mean, I'm speculating here, the, but the, the the number is going to be minus 23, 24. Arizona should roll. Uh, look, I think Bryant is a decent team. Wright State, I, it doesn't matter. Both of them are going to crush it. Seton Hall's an eight. TCU is a nine. I think Seton Hall is a little underrated here. Um, They are good shooters, they are an experienced team. I think they're a little underrated. I think they get by TCU, but again, it's an 8-9 coin flip game, which since 2012 has basically been a legitimate coin flip. Houston's a 5 seed. People love Houston. Here we go, guys. I'm on UAB. I I, I like UAB. I think that they are a fantastic, fantastic team here um, when you're talking about that upset, that one team that could really upset the apple cart. I think UAB is that team. UAB is a scoring team. They are well run, well coached. They're not going to be afraid of the big moment here. I think Houston has had their problems at the end of the year. Houston's a five seed uh, for a reason. People love this Houston team, and that's why this is the numbers eight, eight and a half, depending on where you're shopping. UAB, fantastic from the outside, and Houston's foul problems. They can't hit a foul shot. They cannot. You could can foul them all day. They're not going to hit that foul shot. That's a, this is a. I like UAB to go move on. I, that's my twelve five. Um, Chattanooga, Illinois, I think Illinois is very susceptible. I don't know if Chattanooga could be the team to do it. Look, it's very obvious that Illinois is missing Io big time. They're getting underneath. Kofi Coburn is going to dominate in games where you know he needs to. He's going to be underneath. He'll, he'll slowly he'll turn around. He's got like 22 points, and you go, oh, wow. When the game is it matters, he can hit some free throws at the end. I like Illinois to get by Chattanooga, but I, I think Illinois is going to be one of those teams on upset alert in the first—I I wouldn't be surprised if UAB knocks off Houston and Illinois— and, again, it wouldn't shock me if Chattanooga beat Illinois. I don't think they do, but it wouldn't shock me. I think that that's a tough, tough draw. I kind of like them with the points also. Colorado State and Michigan, two teams that don't belong here. Michigan doesn't belong as an 11 team. Look, I know they have the third strength of schedule. They haven't looked like a, a tournament team at all this year. They really haven't. Michigan looks like they should be on the outside looking in. Colorado State, I don't know how they got a six draw. I don't know how they got a six. and Boise State got an eight. I mean, that that doesn't make any sense. But in this spot, I kind of like Colorado State over Michigan a little bit. I wouldn't touch this at all. To me, this is a, a two 16-team seeds going at it. This is a, a 14 and a 15 going. I can't believe they got a 6 and an 11. Tennessee against Longwood. I like Longwood. I thought Longwood, and I mentioned this last week's show, um, I thought Longwood would be a team that we could kind of jump on, maybe win a game here. Not against Tennessee. Not against Tennessee as a three-team. Um, Tennessee is a team that... Look, they are playing their best basketball. They are the best team from the best conference in America playing the best basketball of anybody else right now. That's a lot of bests, guys, right? And now they have motivation. Well, they put us as a three seed. No one believes in us. You know, you could fake the motivation. I I used to love when Bill Parcells, uh, I'm sorry, when Bill Belichick used to say, uh, uh, him and Tom Brady, no, nobody, it's us against the world. Nobody believes in us. uh Greatest coach of all time, greatest quarterback of all time. Some people believe in you, right? Well, Tennessee, nobody really does believe in them. Tennessee trailed zero seconds against Texas A&M, 59 seconds against Kentucky, 27 seconds against Mississippi State. They are the best team from the best conference playing their best basketball, and now they have a chip on their shoulder. I liked Longwood. I thought they could be an upset. Tennessee might humiliate them. It's a 17-point spread. They might win by 30. I like Tennessee a lot here. And then you go to the bottom of the bracket, Ohio State against Loyola. Loyola, Loyola-Chicago is a one-point favorite for a reason. People like Loyola. um, They've seen them be tournament-tested. I think Ohio State is ready for just primed to go down as a seven seed. And much like the Michigan State-Davidson 7-10 matchup, Loyola-Chicago 7-10 matchup. Loyola's the favorite as a 10. Davidson probably going to be a favorite uh, by the end of the day as a 10. It's pretty much a one-point game one way or the other. And I kind of like both 10s to advance. And then we have Villanova against Delaware. Delaware's a nice little team, you know, and you you root for them. And, okay, Delaware's a— you know, they are an experienced team. I'll give them that, sure. Uh, but, look, they're, they're out of their class here. They, they won three of the last six games, which means they lost three of the last six games, right? Um, they barely survived against Wilmington. They had a lot of struggles against a, a lot of these teams. Townsend they lost to. They lost to Wilmington earlier in the year. They led up 99 to a Charleston team just a couple of weeks ago. It's a team that when you get out of conference— You could point to a UMBC win at home. Uh, What else am I looking at? Davidson humiliated them by 22. Look, Villanova rolls here without any problem. When you're moving on here, um, I mean, to me, this is the hardest portion of the bracket because I could see Arizona, Tennessee, or Villanova representing. I could see all three of them moving on and really representing here out of the South. I think the South is, is a brutal, brutal bracket. Speaking of brutal brackets... I wouldn't call the East brutal. I would call this complete chaos bracket. And we're going down to the left-hand side. Baylor is the weakest number one team. They're taking on Norfolk State. I like Norfolk State. I, and they're going to be getting, you know, uh, not quite 20 points, but they're going to be getting probably right around 20 points. To, uh, I'm trying to project the closing number. I know what it is right now. I'm trying to project what it's going to be in a couple of days. Norfolk State turned around. They won six straight games. They had no problem with Coppin who would, at the end of the game. Um, they beat you know Morgan State by 9. They beat Delaware State by 8. I, they're a team that's a solid, nice team. I like Norfolk. But when they went out of conference, you know, they lost at New Mexico. They lost at Wichita State. They lost at Hampton. They got a win against Wilmington. Sure, anybody doing cartwheels there? They got beat by 40 at Xavier. All right? So they don't have that real dominant win on their their roster. And I think a lot of people from Baylor are listening to me going, yeah, you're a week number one. Baylor should roll them. UNC Marquette is the most interesting matchup of the week because UNC and Marquette both have resumes and they have games on their resumes, I should say. Uh, and actually, you know, a stretch of games on their resume that you could turn around and you can turn around to me and say, you know, they're the best team in the country. You could make a legitimate, legitimate claim right here. If you want to go down that road, that both of these teams could be in the elite eight. And I'm listening, you know, look, North Carolina, you look at North Carolina's uh, schedule and they did lose to Purdue and Tennessee early in the year. Right. But they beat Michigan. Okay. Um, They wound up, you know, they, they, at the end of the year, they beat Duke in Coach K's final game. They put 88 against Syracuse. I know Syracuse isn't a good team, but it shows you the scoring that this team can have. Um, I just don't think that they have enough to go and really be that upset team. But they have enough to beat Marquette, potentially. Marquette's another team. Let's look at Marquette. Right. Marquette's a team that at a point this year, you're going, yeah, this is a team that could absolutely roll. They beat Illinois earlier in the year. Uh, they went to West Virginia and won that game. They went to Ole Miss and won that game. A couple of nice road wins there. But lost to UCLA, lost to Xavier, lost to UConn, lost to Creighton. And then at the end of the year, then they were rolling. Right. Then they won six games in a row in you know, Big East play. Then At the end of the year, they just basically were back and forth. Win against Seton Hall, loss against Providence. Win against Villanova, loss against UConn. Loss against Butler. Win against Georgetown, loss against Creighton. Win against Butler, loss against DePaul. Win against St. John's, loss against Creighton. I mean, it's back and forth. I don't have confidence in either one of these teams, but I see the talent on both of them. I'll go with UNC just because I I think that they come from a little bit better what they're playing right now. I think they're playing better than Marquette is playing right now. St. Mary's against whoever, Indiana or uh, or Wyoming, will be a little bit of a contest, but St. Mary's is a little underrated. I'll take St. Mary's there. UCLA, vastly underrated. Akron's a nice team. Uh, they could get some things done, but when UCLA is playing the way that UCLA is playing right now, they could be a Final Four team easily. UCLA looks really good. Texas, vatech vatech and Texas, This is this is a travesty because they should be flipped. Texas is completely overrated. They have a very good defense. They can't score. And Vatek just won the ACC. How is Vatek, who beat Duke for the ACC championship, ranked 11 and Duke is ranked 2? It just goes to show what I said at the top of the show, that they don't care what happens on Saturday and Sunday. And Vatek is a one-point favorite. As an 11 seed, over a 6, Virginia Tech is a one-point favorite. And they should be. Virginia Tech is a better team than Texas. Now, do they walk away with the win? I'm not putting my money on that, right? But if you're asking me right now, who do I think wins? I I think Virginia Tech wins all day. I think Virginia Tech is just the clear, better team. Virginia Tech ended the season winning four straight games. At Notre Dame, tournament team. At North Carolina, tournament team. At Duke, tournament team. I mean, you know, they went out and and they won four straight games. Three straight against tournament teams. Over the course of the year, you look back and you go, they have... Two losses in like two months to North Carolina and to, to uh, Clemson at Clemson. Not terrible. They're playing some real good basketball right now. And, and Texas, I don't buy into Texas at all. I This is not an anti-Big 12 thing or whatever you guys want to make it seem. Wait until the next bracket. I'll tell you how it's not an anti-Big 12. But I don't like Texas. This team lost three straight. They 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 lost by to Baylor. They lost to Kansas. I don't care if they, it's close. They lost to TCU that then... They lost three straight. They lost four of their last six, again, against Texas Tech. They lost against Baylor earlier than that. They've lost five of their last eight. I mean, can, can just keep racking it up. And the problem is they can't score. They scored 60, 63, 61. They can't score. In their losses, they can't crack 65 points. You go back to their losses, right? The last time they cracked more than 65 points, you got to go all the way back to at Iowa State months ago, months ago. So that's, that's why I think Virginia Tech's defense can really shut this team down. I don't see Texas. I think Texas defense will play well, but no. All right. Then you have Purdue and Yale. Uh, you guys know I do an Ivy League podcast. Um and I know very well about Yale. What I know is this. Swain is a fantastic player. He's got 20-plus points in three straight games. Swain looks fantastic. And Yale will pick and roll Purdue all day long because everybody does and everybody can. It's going to be Malone and Stockton out there. Yale is going to have a lot of success offensively against a Purdue team that ranks outside the top 100 in defensive metrics. They can't stop anybody. They have all kinds of problems. Swain will probably be the best scorer on the floor. He's going to do a lot of things, but when you double-team him, you're just going to pick and roll off of that they have a good ball movement Yale can really put the clamps on Purdue on the offensive side you know you look at the totally the total set at 143 and Yale's gonna score 70 yeah Yale, Yale's gonna score 70 maybe 75 in this game and you go well Tom do you like the 14 seed to upset number three Purdue there was a time this year before by, by the way before the year um, I did a YouTube thing, and, I, and I, I said, you know, I had Purdue going to the championship. I, I had Purdue going to the Final Four and potentially going to the championship. I like Purdue. Over the course of the year, there was a lot of times where I felt good about that pick. I don't now. And I don't now because all the offensive things I just said about Yale, I could say the other way about Purdue because their defense and, and the, the the Yale, uh, Purdue defense is bad, but the the Yale defense is going to get abused here. I could see Purdue putting up 90. Look, Yale under the basket, two-point field goal percent. They're ranked 222nd in the country. They can't stop them. And when big-time teams, when you're talking about tournament teams, when big-time teams are facing a mid-major and they start to get their backs against the wall, they start to get in a little bit of trouble, what do they do? They go, you know what? We have better athletes. We have bigger athletes generally. And we're just going to pound the ball up the middle. And we're going to, you know what? All we're going to do is just abuse them. And that's where Yale will get in trouble. So while I think that Yale can hang in this thing, and I think that they could make it a game, um, I think that they probably can lose this game by, you know, 8 to 12 points or something like that. I don't love Yale because Purdue may score 90 on them. We watched over the course of the year that at times Yale's defense just just gets abused, and they get abused by good teams in the Ivies, not overall good teams. You know, Yale allowed... Um, when you when you look at it, 81 to Princeton at the end of the year. Yeah, they allowed 81 to Princeton. Princeton's a good team, but they allowed 81 to Princeton. They allowed 76 to Penn during the course of the season. They allowed 87 to St. Mary's, 91 to Iona, 86 to Auburn, 85 to Stony Brook, 88 to Southern Utah, 80 to Seton Hall. I mean, when their defense goes bad, it goes really bad. You can argue, and I would, that Purdue's going to be the best offense they see. So I think Purdue does move on. I'm not loving Purdue on the money line. I I mean, on the the spread here. But I think, you know, a money line pick moving them on, but moving on in your brackets, yeah, you got to like Purdue. I do like the over. I think they each easily get to 70. I think Purdue gets to 80 all day. They may get to 90, and Yale's going to get to that 70. This is 143. If it was set at 153, I'd probably tell you guys I like the over. I like the over a lot. Murray State-San Francisco in one of the more interesting matchups here. Uh, everyone likes San Francisco. but I, I just can't discount what Murray State has done. Murray State is one of my upset picks. I like them to win this game. Not only do I like them to win this game, I think they have a chance to win the next round. I think a 30-2 team is being overlooked. I don't know how. They have two losses on the year. At Eastern Tennessee, it was a six point loss early in the season, fourth game of the year. I'm willing to overlook that in every situation. And then their other loss, oh, yeah, they lost to Auburn in Auburn. Yeah, the number one overall seed. Now, you could talk to me about the Ohio Valley not being a dominant conference, but I'm going to sit back and I'm going to say to you guys, well, you know what? I think that it's better than the Mountain West. You, know, you have to take on Moorhead State. Morehead State's a good team, they beat Moorhead State three times. You have to take on Southeast Missouri State. Southeast Missouri State is a good team. They beat beat Southeast Missouri State three times. Belmont is a good team. Don't tell me Belmont's not a good team. Belmont is a very good team. They had to take on Belmont. They beat Belmont twice, right? They beat Belmont by 33 points last time. They, the Ohio Valley Conference is a good conference. They also beat, oh, by the way, they beat Chattanooga, a tournament team. They beat Memphis, who everyone is suddenly in love with, a tournament team. You know, they beat Bellarmine. <laughs> okay, let's be honest. Should be a tournament team. I like Murray State here, guys. I, I have Murray State moving on, and, you know, there's no slight to San Francisco everybody seems to love. Uh, but, yeah, I like Murray State. And Murray State against, you know, uh, uh, San Francisco is a fun matchup. The seven ten again. Here we go. The seven tens are a lot of fun. Well, I'm taking the seven in this spot. Then we have Kentucky at St. Peter's. Uh, Kentucky should roll. Uh, look, St. Pete's. It, I mean, I guess they're a fine team. I, I I don't want to disparage you know a team, specifically a team that is you know is sitting here in, in the uh, in in the national championship uh, uh, you know picture and they have a shot and all the garbage, but Kentucky should absolutely roll them. They, just the pure athleticism difference is just massive. Um, Kentucky's got to be angry with the way they ended the season off against Tennessee. And I know they haven't been playing their best basketball. They lost a close one to Arkansas, close one to Tennessee. Uh, You know, struggle with Vanderbilt, struggle with Florida, struggle with Ole Miss. Yeah, they did that. But Kentucky at their best, when they are at their best, they destroy teams when they are ready to just, you know, absolutely turn it up. They do, and you look at their out-of-conference schedule when they did go up against, you know, those kind of teams, and they really just had absolutely no care. They just squash, squash, squash these kind of teams. I I think that this is one of the more safe favorites to move on within the bracket and to not only move on to the bracket in the first round, but to probably cover the large spread. I don't like to take large spreads early Thursday and Friday, but if I was going to take one, Kentucky over St. Pete's makes, makes a ton of sense. It really does. Then why I said it was a little interesting is Murray State against Kentucky. Round two, two in-state rivals. I think Murray State can knock off Kentucky. Yeah, I'm real high on Murray State. I mean, they could. If we're talking Saturday, Sunday, sitting around Murray State, Kentucky, I'm taking Murray State plus the points. People might sleep on them, but especially if Kentucky goes out there and spanks St. Pete's like I think, may sleep on them, but I'll take Murray State in both of those games. And I'll take San Francisco, by the way. If San Fran gets out of Murray State, you're going looking at round two, I'll take San Fran plus the points as well. I think both of them can beat Kentucky. Not that I'm down on Kentucky, but I think San Francisco and Murray State are both... They should certainly... Look, if Texas is a six, they should both definitely be a six. They should be fives. I mean, I think they're they're as good as holding the five seed, holding the six seed. I think they're better than LSU as a six. I think they're better than Texas as a six. I think they're better than USC as a six. So, uh, I mean, look, that's a down, down into the future. So let's go bet to the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet Bet to the to the future. Let's go bet to the future. And I know we're talking about nothing but brackets and nothing but college basketball, but Tom Brady came back. Yeah, Tom Brady came back, and the odds went absolutely crazy for the Tampa Bay Bucks. There was a point where the Tampa Bay Bucks had fallen all the way down to 25 to 1. Most of the places were about 18 to 20 to 1, and it went all the way down to right about 8 to 1 joining the likes of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers and joining the likes of the Rams and Matthew Stafford. Yeah, there seems to be a three-way glut depending on where you're shopping. It could be 750, it could be uh you know 8 to 1 or so, but there seems to be a three-way glut at the top of the NFC, who is going to win the NFC, and that is Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford or Aaron Rodgers all right about 8 to 1. That is bet to the future. Also before I get back into the brackets, um the Steelers signed Mitch Trubisky before the signing, BetMGM had them at uh, fifty to one. After the signing, BetMGM had them at fifty to one. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. had them at fifty-five to one before the signing, and then afterwards seventy to one. In case you. You really want to just sort uh, of dagger inside the Pittsburgh Steelers people, uh, their hearts. All right, let's move on to the Midwest Conference. And when I said there's no Big 12 bias, well, here's why. Because Kansas is the number one overall seed. They should be the number one overall seed in this uh, you know bracket here. And they're going to get whoever, whatever they're going to get for 16, Texas Southern or the Islanders. And they're just going to crush them. It doesn't matter. So we'll move on there. San Diego State, Creighton. Again, San Diego State's an eight seed. Um, somehow or another, Colorado State is a six seed. Doesn't make any sense to me. San Diego State's a good team. Creighton's coming from a much, much better conference, and Creighton was playing pretty well. I like Creighton as the nine. Again, doesn't really matter. They're both going to get picked off by Kansas. I don't see a betting angle here. I think they're pretty evenly matched team, so I'm not going to touch that. Iowa was getting a lot of love from people, as you saw when we did our our. You know, odds number there. You see Iowa as a 5 seed getting a lot of love. Richmond almost doesn't belong. Look, I watched every minute of that Richmond game. Um, They had a really good final, about 45 seconds, but they almost don't even belong here. This is a 5-12. Don't kid yourself. Richmond's not going to beat Iowa. You can't sit back and tell me that Richmond, you know, with their defense and whatnot are going to shut down Iowa, and their offense simply can't score. Iowa's going to put up 80 here uh, in their sleep on a Richmond team. And I know Richmond can be, you know, feisty and everything else. I just see Iowa easily moving on. Providence, South Dakota State. A lot of people are torn here. Before the tournament selection was put out, I said Providence is going to be the one team that I take in the tournament to get knocked out in the first round. I think they are a very, very weak four seed. I think that this team got very lucky, lots of very close scores, very close wins over the course of the season in a a Big East. They did win the regular season title, but I don't think anybody thought that they should And then South Dakota State is a 13 seed. I said before the tournament stuff, look, I love them. They remind me a lot of Oral Roberts. South Dakota uh, State, best three-point shooting team in the country. They are a top-five shooting team, field goal shooting team in the country. They are a team that could put up 80 in their sleep. I like it a lot, but what I've seen is a lot of people jumping on South Dakota State, a lot of people that I do not respect in this business, jumping on South Dakota State, which makes me worry about this whole Providence situation. Look, South Dakota State is a team that um, could become that that team. Look, they do have some problems, though. They are 99th in transition offense. Providence is 11th in the nation in transition defense. So those fast break points may not be there, okay? But South Dakota State can still shoot, so I'm not worried about that. They are also bad under the basket, so Watson could have a big day. They are ranked 227 in defensive efficiency, and they turn the ball over 11 times. I'm giving you all the bad from South Dakota State because I'm putting them through. I'm putting them through. I think they win. I think they win the game outright. It's going to be a short spread. It's about one and a half or two, Uh, but I'm putting them through despite all the numbers that I just gave you. I just don't like them as much as I thought I was going to like them. LSU, the coaching situation is weird there. Iowa State, LSU is better than Iowa State, but I think both of these teams are very prone to just getting blasted in day two. LSU, though, I think they have enough without their coaching situation to kind of pull themselves up and get by the first round. Wisconsin, Colgate, I would like Colgate all day long. I would be all over Colgate. I think Colgate's an underrated team. I think Colgate is a team that before all this went down, before uh, we had the selections and who they would face and who they would match up against, 23-11 and team coming out of the Patriot. That has been streaking. I mean, they haven't lost a game this year, basically. They really haven't. You go back and look at their... Out of conference schedule, sure. Losses to St. John's, losses to Vermont, in Vermont. Uh, you know, these things happen, okay? Lost to Harvard, lost to Cornell, lost to NC State. They had a bad start to the year, but they've turned it on. The problem is here, is where this is being played. Wisconsin's playing at home. I mean they are. They're just Wisconsin's playing in their own backyard. So, I like Colgate. I'd love to say, you know what? Colgate's going to put on a, a show here. Colgate can can play well. Colgate's an upset team. And if they played anywhere else, if they were in the east or the south or the west, I'd be all over it. But Wisconsin's playing at home. They're just playing at home, guys. You got to put Wisconsin through. 7-10 matchup, USC-Miami. Both completely over here. I, I don't like either one of these teams. USC is very big. Miami's small. It's going to be a contrast of styles. I, I got USC getting by... Uh, but, uh, you know, it's a coin flip to me. I don't go anywhere near this. Another 7 10, very coin flippy type of game. I'm not going near. And then Auburn against Jacksonville State. Again, one of the better matchups that Auburn could have possibly hoped for. Jacksonville State should really get blown out here. Auburn has shown over the course of the year they can be the best team in the country. They could probably use a a, just an absolute cupcake to get their confidence back at the end of the year. And that's exactly what the committee gave them. They gave them a cupcake team to just absolutely waltz all over in the Midwest Conference. So they should easily move on. So let's talk about moving on overall, okay? So we go back here, and we go back to the West. I have Gonzaga going to the Final Four. I have them there by default, okay? I have Gonzaga having no trouble with Memphis or Boise. I don't see Gonzaga having any problem with Yukon, New Mexico State, um, Vermont, who I think goes through. Arkansas could give him a problem, but I got Arkansas losing in the first round. Then you go to the Alabamas of the world. Duke, who I think is going to be knocked off. Davidson, who I think is moving on. Michigan State. Now, Gonzaga gets by, not because I, I believe in Gonzaga, who I can t- keep telling you guys that I don't believe in, and I think they will get knocked off. But they get by almost by default. I just don't see anybody really up against them here. So, I'm putting Gonzaga through. As far as the South goes, this is this is the, the turmoil here. I can see it be Arizona. I don't think Illinois has enough. But I can see Arizona getting there. I can see Tennessee getting there. I can see Villanova getting there. Now, Villanova, I, I, I think, just goes up against a buzzsaw in Tennessee. And the same thing with Arizona. I think Tennessee is just the buzzsaw right now. They are, I'll say it again, the best team from the best conference in America, playing the best basketball. So I am going to take Tennessee there strictly on the fact that, listen, I would probably have Arizona in the Final Four if they played in another, any other bracket. I'd have Villanova there. I would have Villanova, Arizona, and Tennessee in the Final Four if they played in just about any other bracket. I don't believe in Gonzaga. And really, if they were in the West or the East, they'd both be going. But because they have to meet Tennessee, I'm taking Tennessee all the way. Let's go to the East. Baylor, a very... Very, very weak number one. UNC and Marquette could both knock them off in round two. St. Mary's and UCLA could easily knock them off in the Elite Eight. Purdue, Virginia Tech, Kentucky, Murray State. You guys know how I feel about that. I think Murray State can advance. Kentucky's dangerous. Purdue's dangerous. I would love to sit here and take Purdue. That's who I want to take. I want to take Purdue. I want to like Purdue. But I think is playing the best basketball right now. Now, I... I we turn around and we see, what did we learn over the course of the year? The, I started the year off when I did all those previews, and I told you guys, I thought UCLA was going to have a weak year. I thought they were completely overshot. Uh, People were talking about them like they this great team. And now, all of a sudden, I look at them and I go, hmm, they're playing some good basketball. I think UCLA is the team to knock off Baylor, because I think Baylor gets by UNC and Marquette. And while I like Purdue... I just don't know if they're going to be able to knock off a UCLA and a Kentucky and a Virginia Tech and back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. The road is just real tough for Purdue. So I have UCLA going there. We come up uh, finally to the Midwest where, to me, this is Kansas or no one. I don't believe in Wisconsin. Don't believe in Iowa. Don't believe in LSU. Yeah, you know, I don't think they're going to have any. Kansas, to me, walks through. San Diego State or Creighton is going to be a walkthrough. Kansas against Iowa, Iowa's, you know, look, they, they can score, but Kansas is a much better team. So Kansas against either Wisconsin, who I have going out in the second round, maybe I, I don't know, I mean, Wisconsin gets a pretty easy drug at home against Colgate and LSU, but Wisconsin, Auburn, neither one of them are a match for Kansas. So I got Kansas going. So my final four teams here, Gonzaga, UCLA, Tennessee, and Kansas. And I wish I could have a final where it was Tennessee and Kansas. I wish that was my final four, te- uh, final two teams. wish I could have a final, but I can't. So I have Tennessee beating Kansas because Tennessee is just that buzzsaw. And I have Gonzaga beating Purdue because Gonzaga's road. Gonzaga, once again, goes down in the championship game. I have Tennessee winning it all over Gonzaga. I didn't think that this was going to be my, my bracket. If you didn't give me the numbers, you know, I, I lean Tennessee. Before the year, I told you guys Tennessee was going to win it all. Before the year, I had Tennessee winning it all. So I always ha- I, I've always always liked them, and I love what I see right now. I think Kansas is the second-best team in the country. I think Villanova might be the third-best team in the country. Okay, But they have to go up against them. I think Arizona might be the fourth-best team in the country. But they all got to go up against Tennessee. The easiest bracket comes from Gonzaga, where there really is just not a lot of competition there. I don't believe in a lot of those teams. The most chaos bracket bracket is certainly in the East, where Baylor, UCLA... Purdue, Kentucky, even Virginia Tech could represent in the Final Four. I think Kansas has the easiest road. To me, there's nobody. There's nobody even standing in Kansas's way until Auburn, until the, the Elite Eight. Kansas should roll. So for me, Tennessee is gonna be my pick here. Um, but if you're asking me for ease, the ease of getting there, well, the ease of getting there is Kansas. To me, Kansas is a Final. An Elite Eight, if you're putting a bet on Elite Eight teams, teams to make the Elite Eight, Kansas all day. If you're putting a bet on teams to make the Final Four, Kansas all day. Kansas is your best bet. Your best bet by far. Because there's chaos, just utter absolute chaos in the East. There's chaos that could happen in the South because that is the toughest bracket by far. Gonzaga could get knocked. I don't believe in Gonzaga. Gonzaga and Kansas are your two best bets. Their, their, Their draws are just ridiculous. Gonzaga's toughest draw is Duke? Are we kidding? Duke and Texas Tech? I, I mean, come on. And Kansas has Auburn and Wisconsin? I don't buy into whiskey. I mean, Auburn could step up. So that, that's what I'm looking at. Look, I have Tennessee winning it all, but that's not how you go about betting games. Now, when you're betting games and you're betting futures and you're betting things like that, Kansas and Gonzaga are better bets than Tennessee. I just like Tennessee. I like what they are. Again, I'll say to close out the show, I'm picking the best team that is playing the best right now from the best conference in America. I'll take number three seed Tennessee, who, oh, by the way, also have a giant chip on their shoulder right now. Because they don't think that they should be a three seed. They were pushing for a one seed. They realized Sunday's game didn't matter. It didn't matter. And they're angry about that. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Enjoy all your brackets. Don't rip them up. You never know what could happen. Enjoy your brackets. Make sure you pick those underdogs in the early games. But you know what? Make sure as you move on, you're still putting those ones through. You're still putting those through. Those twos through. Um, as far as betting against the number ones, I wouldn't do it on Thursday and Friday. You could start to look at Saturday and Sunday if you want to see one of them get knocked off. Same thing with the twos. As much as I don't like Duke, and Duke seems that, that two that could go down, oh, well, they're not going down against Cal State Fullerton, that's for sure. So I think ones and twos survive. Five of the first days it's going to be that second day saturday and sunday could be as exciting as thursday and friday everybody i'm tom barton for wagering week we'll be back and you can bet on that